This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please stop everything you're doing right now. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Thanks. You're welcome. And then donate. Like, don't just go there. How are you? I'm so tired. I'm sure. I literally <laughs> walked into Jess's place like two minutes ago, then shut my mouth. And I was like, well, wait till we start recording because yeah. I want to hear about this trip. You got back like now. Yeah, I got back like an hour ago. Um, and, and I know I- nothing about what happened there. Yeah. I don't even know who you talked to, to be honest with you. No, 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 you don't. Um, I think I'm going to keep that under my under my vest? I see how that is. Close to my vest? Okay. I'm You're mixing over, metaphors somewhere. I'm tripping over metaphors yeah. all over the place. Um, God, it was amazing. Southern California has the best fucking weather in the world. <laughs> it is January. Yeah, it welcome 65 to Chicago. Degrees. Right. It was incredible. So um, I had originally planned on tentatively talking to six people. That dwindled down to four, but they're four cool, fun interviews that I'm super stoked to share with everyone. That's awesome. If um, you are a Patreon subscriber at at least a dollar uh-huh. uh, a month, you will get access. Well, we're going to release these as bonus episodes uh-huh. for subscribers. Yes. And later on, we'll l- release them to everybody. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, why don't we like drop them all tomorrow mm-hmm. for subscribers? And then it won't be tomorrow because I'm going to go crazy. Okay. But it Whenever. will happen you in it the out. next couple days. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll release drop them one and at a time. We'll release them for everyone. Um, yeah, I'm, anyway. I can't wait to was, hear them. Yeah, it was super great. The trip was awesome. Yes, so I had... Uh, so today's Friday. It's Friday at 8 o'clock. <laughs> this is going to be a mess of a show. I'm yeah. so tired. And I'm, you, as you could tell, I'm clearly sick uh-huh. and dying. It's just I true professionals. We're very particular very kids in daycare. I know who they are. Oh, my God. That was a threat, Hemant. <laughs> You're going to get on a list. Um, so, anyway, I had all my interviews teed up on Tuesday and Wednesday um, to meet with people. And then yesterday, Thursday, I just, like, did all the touristy things. Yeah. So, a friend of mine gave me a ride to La Brea Tar Pits. Which, okay. Do you know what that is? Heard of it. It's, I mean, it's literally Tar Pits, and they found a shit ton of um, fossils from, like, okay earlier than now, to like, te- like 10,000, 100,000 years ago, like yes. saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths and horses and, and stuff, old horses. And not- stuff that can hammer jacks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. There was a lot of evolution talk and I was like, is somebody <laughs> going to like shake their fist at this sign? Yeah. So I did that. I walked down Hollywood Boulevard. I flicked off the Trump star on the Walk of Fame. Oh, that's still there. I thought someone broke that. They did, but they replaced it. Oh. Um, I made a really funny um, Blazing Saddles joke and the in front of the Chinese theater, which I don't think anybody got, but I thought it was extremely funny and I worked now very I gotta hard for it. Now I got to hear it. Oh, it's... Okay, so... <laughs> That's students. a movie I've seen. Oh, you've seen Blazing Saddles? Oh, I'm waiting to hear the joke now. Oh, it's okay. You know, at the very end when uh, Hedy Lamar, um, it like ends up running into the Chinese theater to like watch the end of the, uh-huh. of the Blazing Saddles movie, and he's like all dazed, and he stops at uh, Douglas Fairbanks. Um, uh, hand and footprints, and you know how they have all the hand footprints, and he puts his hands down or his feet down rather, and he's like, "How does he do, do such fantastic stunts?" With such little feet. <laughs> and so uh, it took me a long time to find his... Anyway, totally worth the joke. And then I went up to the... Um, <laughs> and everyone laughed. Oh, my God. I like. It's definitely one of those things that I thought was extremely funny, and it was for my sake only. Yes. Uh, and I went up to the Griffith Park Observatory, which is like an observatory, so it's like telescopes yeah. and shit. It was, it's a be- First of all, it's fucking mm. gorgeous. Like yeah. It's in the Hollywood Hills. It's an amazing view. I was there at like... Three in the afternoon, so it's just gorgeous. You can see the Hollywood sign. Um, and yeah, it was super great. I had a wonderful time. Good, um, yeah. It was wonderful. I'm very excited for people to hear these uh, these uh, interviews. Oh, also, Hemant. Yes. Are you going to wish Daddy a happy birthday? Happy birthday, Daddy. Daddy's two years old today. Only two? Yeah. I feel like it's been forever. Okay, First of all, that's really rude. <laughs> You're very rude at Dottie. It's her birthday. Happy birthday. She got a special bully stick for her birthday. Um, nice. Anyway, so I think that's it. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad. very excited to plow through this episode so I can go to sleep. Done. We'll do it. Okay. Uh, and before we start, let me give a huge thank you to two of our Patreons, Jim D and Brian M. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, so oh, wait, me, wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. Hemet, yes, shut up. Yes. 
Tuesday night, I had a, there was a meetup. Oh, how was that? It was super fun. You got um, to meet people listening to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, um, about eight people showed up, and my husband was there, and everybody was super nice and cool. What I should have done is written down names so I could say hi to them, yes. and I can remember like half of their names, so I'm just not going to swing <laughs> for it yeah. because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But it was great. Like one guy came, like literally came in, was like, "I have to go to work right now, but I just wanted to say hi Aww. and thank you." It was very sweet. Everyone was kind. Um, they gave me some uh, hot tips on Ethiopian food. Uh-huh. It was super, super fun. That's so we'll awesome. have to do that in Chicago this year. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, right, go. I got to catch you up yes. on everything that's been going on while you were gone. So this one just is here's a happy story to start you off. Okay. Um, with the new Congress in session, there was actually a meeting that took place behind closed doors, but more of a celebration of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus which is this 10-member caucus that supports reason-based legislation, separation of church and state. Uh And and it's not like they have work to do right now because of the Trump shutdown. Right. So um, one of the people speaking, the co-chairs of this thing were all present. So were members of the Secular Coalition for America um, and, you know, atheist activists who are based in D.C., and Jamie Raskin, the representative from Maryland, okay. I believe, uh, he was, he's one of the co-chairs. He gave a speech, and I wanted to read some of the things he said because, I don't know, I feel like I don't hear this, this sort of rhetoric coming from, like, an older Democrat certainly talking about Republicans. Okay. But it's like, yes, keep talking. Yeah. Uh, Everything that's going on in the United States of America today is a testament to the power of irrationality and unreason and the destruction of science and critical thinking. He went on to say, and the shocking thing is that you have an entire political party now operating like a religious cult. Hmm. Whatever the leader says, they will go with it. It could be black one day, white the next, makes no difference to them. And if you watch the video, you hear someone go with yelling from the background. It won't be black for them today. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he goes on to say, we need a secular movement that is big and strong and aggressive. And we'd like to consider ourselves the parliamentary arm of it. Yes. So cool. That's really, who said that again? That was Jamie Raskin from Maryland. He was surrounded by Jared Huffman, who's the founder of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus uh-huh. from California, the guy who doesn't fill out surveys about his religion. <laughs> And uh, Representative Jerry McNerney from California, who are those three are the Uh co-chairs. And they had a couple other members there, too. So that was exciting. Um, Let me talk about something that was way more disturbing. Okay. Okay. So this happened right after I think we recorded our last episode. Um, But there was an 18-year-old woman from Saudi Arabia. Her name is, sorry for the mispronunciation, Rahaf Mohammed Al-Qanun. And she escaped from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear bits and pieces of this, these stories, so I don't know which thing to give more weight to and which what's true and what's a rumor. Okay. But the story that I read versions of was she is not Muslim. Her family is. Mm-hmm. She has made it very clear she's very feminist. She is rebelling against the traditional culture. And when her family was on vacation, she basically hitched a ride on a plane, wanted to go to Australia so she could basically escape the hell out of there because she knew uh, maybe she had threats leading up to it. She knew that if she stayed home, Mm -hmm. she would be the victim of an honor killing and they were going to like her own family was going to kill her. She's Uh like, I can't go back there. Mm -hmm. So she gets on a plane to go to Australia. The Saudi government, and this is uh, Mohammed bin, uh, sorry, um, Salman, the, the guy who was supposed to be like the progressive reformer okay. of Saudi Arabia, but is really the guy who killed Jamal Khashoggi oh, uh-huh. and has done all these horrible things. The Saudi government, of which I believe her father was a part of, okay. they knew where she went and where she was going. And they basically, when she was on her layover in Thailand, she steps off the plane. There are Saudi police like waiting, or at least Thai police who have been summoned to wow. capture her. To bring her back home. On what grounds? On the grounds that, I don't know, she's trying to escape with without paperwork or something? I don't remember. But basically, they're like... How old did you say she 18. was? 18. Okay. Um, like, they said, you can't leave. We have orders to send you back to Saudi Arabia. Wow. And she went crazy in a good way online saying, like, on Twitter, 
I'm telling you exactly who I am. Here's my passport. Here's my personal information, everybody. Help me get this out there. I need help right now. Wow. I need asylum somewhere. I wanted to get to Australia. I can't make it. I'm stuck in this airport. What do I do? Like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she got enough help, and she got help immediately in the UN, like, basically... Uh, order the Thai government, like, you hold her here until we can look into this matter. Wow. And today, today afternoon, uh, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that Canada had granted her asylum. Right. And she is, uh, this afternoon, as of this afternoon, she was on a plane to Canada hmm. so she could escape there somewhere safely. Um, and a couple things about that. That's one... That's awesome. That's what good countries ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, who knows what's going to happen between the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Canada? Because yeah. this is like a global crisis for Canada and Saudi Arabia because it's like we're basically defying your religious rule. Mm-hmm. We're defying your government. Yeah. And we're taking care of this girl because you're not doing a good job of it. Um, they did it before. Uh, Raif Badawi, he was a guy accused of blasphemy in Saudi Arabia. He was flogged mm-hmm. and he, he's technically still awaiting much of the flogging, the whipping. And he's been stuck there. Uh, Obama tried getting people to get him out. It wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I, I, this government hasn't done anything, really. But, like, they haven't been able to get him out there. Other countries have asked to get him out of there. He's still there. But Canada also took in his wife and their three children who oh. are now in Quebec. So, I mean, they've taken in a lot of these Saudi uh, refugee seekers, essentially, saying we need to be safe. Someone help us. And they took him in. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some details here, but... The way this woman, the 18-year-old, handled the situation and got help from Mm -hmm. so many different groups of people and apparently, it seems, is going to be somewhere safe. And by safe, I mean away from her family who apparently saw her feminism Mm -hmm. and her disrespect in a way as a sign that they needed to kill her. So, Well, I'm glad she found safe ground. Yeah, hopefully that'll that'll stay. Sure, which the United States would... Do some refugee taken in uh-huh. because that feels Seen. like it's supposed to be sort of our jam, according to a statue I've heard yeah, of. But not, not what we do now. No, 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 All no, right. no, 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 no. We'll talk no, about no. Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yes. Pause. Yes. Our Lyft driver on the way to the airport this yes. morning was a TSA agent. Oh, really? They were not thrilled as a group. Uh-huh. Understandably. Who are not getting I tried paid to be, right now. Yeah, I, yeah, the government is still shut down as, as, as of this recording. Um, TSA was not happy. I tried to be very pleasant as they went through all of my recording equipment and uh-huh. politely said... These microphone stands are it's like the microphone poisonous. stands because the, the bases are just really heavy so they right. stabilize the mics and they're just so dense that they're like... <laughs> like literally, I... Like you got to be hiding something in no, these. No, a hundred percent. But like I, they pulled my suitcase both times, obviously, because I carried on. Oh, first of all, we're buying a new fucking suitcase, yeah, Hammond. Sorry, my leftover equipment isn't good enough for you. The ha- the 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 handle is broken, so I couldn't roll it. This thing's like fifty fucking pounds. Why do you think I gave it to you? And I had to carry uh, carry it <laughs> all around LAX and Midway. I was so mad oh, at the you. Prank worked. Ugh. Like twice, <laughs> it opened up. Like a- as a goof, I was like, "I'm just gonna sneak up on it and poof, and it the handle <laughs> opened." And I was like, "It worked," but I was like in security line, yeah. which was anyway. I was just cursing your name and You're being very cranky. Mm. Um. What? Oh, anyway, <laughs> I really sidetracked myself. The um the our, our Lyft driver on the way to LAX, like straight up and down, was like, "Are you guys for or against the wall?" <laughs> and I was like, yes. "Um, there I was like go. against." And he's like, "Yeah, everybody keeps saying that. <laughs> How come Trump thinks everyone wants it?" And I was like, "Hey, make shit up. Hey, maybe." People who are in LA in a lift aren't like the most widespread <laughs> like sampling. Maybe you're kind of. Yeah, I'm guessing the California crowd is not. It's a, a bit fan of, of a bit wall. of a pre-selected crowd. Anyway, so I'm pretty sure if you go to Texas, you're going to hear the same thing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Go ahead. So let's talk about Catholics. Sure, Catholics. Um, <laughs> the pu- uh, Gallup polling. They do a survey about like, do you? We talked about this, I think, last week. Which professions do you trust the most? Oh, yeah, this is two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, (laughs) nurses topped the list. So today, they released a new poll using that data, basically saying, what did Catholics 
say? Who did? What did Catholics say about the church and religious leaders? Okay. Like, we know the big story when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago was that clergy was really low on mm-hmm. that list. Gallup said it was like 37% of people give high trustworthy ranks to members of the clergy. <laughs> and so now we know what happens when you ask just Catholics, what do you think about clergy members in terms of their honesty and ethical standards? And what happens is part this part of the graph looks like a hockey stick. It just <laughs> sinks down. Only 31% of Catholics say clergy members are trustworthy. 30, but less yeah. than a third? Yeah. Oh, Even they choice. are like, nah, I don't trust our people or any religious people. They didn't say like, do you trust Catholic church leaders? They just said church leaders, but Catholics have been so jaded, it sure. seems. Like even they were at 31%. That's a drop of 18 points. From the previous year. Biggest drop in 15 years. But isn't there something slightly reassuring that, like, finally public opinion is changing based on empirical data instead of, like... Like, now they get it. Yeah. Finally. Now, the follow-up on this is, what percent of Americans go to church... Uh, go to Catholic church, and they ask Catholics specifically, what percentage of you go to church? Normally, this has hovered around like 20 to 30% of all Americans because that's a lot of Catholics. That still seems low. Um, Among Catholics, it's at 22% um, who say religion is important, I should say, in their life. Oh, oh, oh. It was always like a mix, but like it's a 22%. But the weird thing about it is that it's always been in the 20s. And it's been lower than 22 sometimes. So it's like you have a low opinion of religious leaders. And yet your opinion of like the importance of religion and how many people identify as Catholic still hasn't really changed. They're abandoning. They're not abandoning the label. Mm -hmm. They just understand that like, yeah, I don't trust these people. Wow. <laughs> but um, there's too much writing on this label to to make to do anything with it. Huh. So anyway, interesting that one. That is interesting. All right. I'll give you one totally different. I have a mix today. They're not all like sad, scary stories. Oh, good. I know. Aren't you proud? So proud. Okay. Here's a question. I want you to tell me what's offensive about it. This oh. was asked on a British quiz show. In about 300 CE, which country in the Caucasus region became the first to adopt Christianity as its state religion? Something's offensive about that? Something is offensive is about it, that question. Nope. It, wait, can I, didn't, can I guess? You can, but I'll already say no. Is it because they use CE instead of AD? Damn, you're good. Fuck yeah! I thought you were going with Caucasus. I'm like, nope, that word's fine. God, yeah, it's G- C-E, you are a genius. I'm Jeremy Paxman. so smart. It must be intimidating to sit across the table from it's me. It's what I say every day. I know. Uh, Jeremy Paxman is the British, uh, the BBC host of the show. He's a journalist there. Um, yeah, he used the term C-E. And on Twitter, people went like crazy. They were like, our Christian heritage is being eradicated from our culture by the BBC. Yep. Constant removal of all things Christian. You got it. Someone tweeted, it should be B-C and A-D. Well. Was what? My, what did AD stand for? Anno Domini, year of the Lord. I did not know that. Yeah, and I before think, Christ, obviously, but like nearly fifty percent. So one's in English, one's in Latin. I don't know how okay, words work, but yeah. So fi- nearly fifty percent of British people have no religious affiliation whatsoever. CE actually makes more sense Cause there. Because it's, it's usually now people say BCE and CE. Right, Common, Common Era, era. Mm-hmm. and Before Common Era. And that's totally... By the way, that's not a new thing. That's like hundreds of years yeah. old. Um, there's nothing weird about that. Anno Domini and Before Christ. What the fuck? You're welcome. Yeah. Why is it in English? I am irrationally angry about this. Isn't this like this. polyamory? It's like a Greek and a Latin word combined into one, and it makes no sense. One's a, like... Oh, is that true? Yeah. Because, poly, well, poly is... Oh, that makes sense, because poly's Latin, amory's Greek? Nodding, smiling. Why would I even say that out loud? As if I fucking know. All I'm doing mm-hmm. is setting myself up for failure. <laughs> but, yeah, so... C.E., that's the way to go. BBC said we favor the term as a religiously neutral alternative to mm-hmm. B.C. and A.D. So, good. 
Hopefully they don't like cave on that. All right, I'll give you a different one. Isn't it wild yeah. what people get mad about? Dude, how good must it be to right? be a Christian where that's a problem? Meanwhile, we're like, oh, right, like million people not getting paychecks, a right. stupid racism wall. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Do you re- I was thinking what? about this like earlier. It's, it's exhausting to be this frustrated and upset and angry all the time, mm-hmm. which is what all these liberals have been feeling for mm-hmm. a long time now, well, since the election, basically. Uh-huh. And you realize like, oh, I almost sympathize with all those Republicans who were upset and angry and furious for like eight years. Like, no wonder they went crazy and voted for anybody who wasn't a Democrat. But at the same time, I feel yeah. like this are all of our complaints are legit. Yeah. And they were mad because Sean Hannity said Sharia law was coming after them. It's like, I don't feel bad that you got upset over stupid things. I don't really feel sympathy for you. But, like, it is exhausting if all you're feeling is anger and rage. <laughs> and I feel like that's what Fox News is selling, like, those people. And no wonder they're just... We keep saying well, they don't see any reason. They're just supporting these stupid things. Right. It's like, well, yeah, if you're just convinced that everyone's doing the wrong thing all the time, right. you're just ready to go with anything. I, so I think there's also something... Uh, maybe righteous is the word about being angry all the time. There, it, it just makes me feel more like I'm fighting su- a moral battle. Yeah, and you know, you know, I love to be morally superior than yes. anybody I can. It happens so rarely. And I'm just that I have saying the it. difference is we actually are morally Correct. superior. Correct. Yes, yes, which yes, no yes, one else yes. can ever possibly say. <laughs> um, so this happened every time there is a new Congress statewide. Yeah. Um, one of the things that happens is they have pre-filed bills. Like, as soon as mm-hmm. we are sworn in or the next Congress is sworn in, I want this one ready to go. I don't have to wait till we're sworn in to mm-hmm. write this bill. So now we start seeing, all right, what have you been working on for the past little while? What are you trying to pass mm-hmm. during this session? Uh, in North Dakota, four legislators, two senators, two state uh, representatives filed a bill that would require public school districts to offer a Bible class to students, require them to in the past. And this has always been legal, more or less. Can we teach a Bible as literature course? Because uh-huh. there are a lot of biblical allusions right. in literature. Yeah, we've talked if about If you that teach a lot. it objectively, fine. This is specifically, no, we're making you offer that class. Jesus. And this is the weird thing about the North Dakota bill. Here, I'm going to read you exactly what it says. This is what they want every public school district to offer. One half unit, or one semester, one half unit of the Old Testament of the Bible, or the New Testament of the Bible, or one half unit of instruction covering both the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. That's it. So teach a class on the Old Testament, New Testament, or a mix of both. That's what they're forcing schools to do. Okay, imagine you're a lawmaker. Yes. And you look around at your state, at your country, and you're like, you know what the problem is? Not enough Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now think about this. In the past when they said schools can offer this if it's objective, uh-huh. all the church-state issues have been, well, this teacher in this school district clearly crossed the line. Look at the curriculum they were using. That's straight out of Sunday school. Right. This teacher was treating Noah's Ark as if it was a fact. Right. That's not objective. This is requiring schools to offer a Bible class. So let's talk about all things legally wrong with this. One is you're saying, let's teach the Bible, but not any other religious text. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could easily make a case for teaching the Quran. There's enough people who believe in that. Um, So it's promoting, establishing a promotion of religion in one way. That's an argument you can make. By forcing schools to offer this class, you're telling schools, hey, you need to hire someone who is able to teach this class. Hey, you know how you have no budget and you're all downsizing and... (sighs) crazy big class sizes, Uh don't hire another English teacher or another math teacher. Hire a Bible teacher, even if there's like three or four kids taking the class. Nope, you can't get another English teacher. Use that money to hire a Bible teacher. They're micromanaging public schools and saying, we know what your kids need, so do what we say. Whereas the rest of the requirements from the state government is, you know, you got to teach three credits worth of math. And you guys decide how you're going to do that. And here are the standards we want you to meet. That's normally how it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also did not say teach it objectively. (laughs) They just said teach the Bible. 
Well, how? How do you teach the Bible? Do you, There's nothing that says, make sure it's religiously neutral. Make sure it's taught objectively right. or in a secular way. No, or none a, of that language. As literature, like you said. Yep, none of that. So that was North Dakota. And then later in the week, like a couple days later, the same type of bill was filed in Florida, this time by a Democrat. But she's a, she's a Democrat who acts Republican. Um, this is Kimberly Daniels in Florida, state representative who constantly pushes Republican policy, even though she calls herself a Democrat. Uh, this is someone the who... fuck she is. Yeah, she condemned witches and warlocks. She called on everyone to I pray, remember her. pray for Donald Trump. She's the one who responded to the Parkland massacre by saying, don't worry, I have a solution. Let's put in God we trust in all the schools. And they did. No. That's her. And also, she said in a video that she cured a friend's cancer using an audio CD of Bible verses, which is how cancer is cured. Oh, and also, she told the church crowd that she thanked God for slavery. (gasps) Yeah. She's black, but that doesn't make it better. Oh. Thank God for slavery, otherwise I wouldn't be here. I was just about to say, is it that? Still not any better. No, 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 no. It's very, very bad, but I just was... So that's the Democrat, Kimberly Daniels. She introduced the same type of bill, the Bible class bill in schools. Now, hers does include the language that says this will be a, quote, secular program of education. It's an objective study of the Bible, including, but not limited to, a course on the Hebrew Scriptures and Old Testament, Uh a course on the New Testament, Mm -hmm. a course on the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Basically, the same same deal. Teach the old, teach the new, teach a mix, whatever. You can't force a specific translation. She pretends that it's going to be objective, but keep in mind... She's only pushing for the Bible to be taught. She's not pushing for any other religious text to be taught. And this would be a requirement for the school districts. And and again, Florida. Why, Daniels? What the fuck are you doing? Many, many crazy things. That's wild and stupid, and I hate it. I'm pissed off more. Like, there's a church state side of me that's like, this is horrible. But the other part of me is, as a teacher who taught for many years... I'm just like, no, we don't, like, it's one thing to hire a teacher to teach an elective class, uh-huh. but, like, you go into it knowing their their interest is going to fluctuate, the uh-huh. students. Uh-huh. So, like, some, day, some years they may have a class that's crazy packed. Mm-hmm. Other years they're going to have a small class. But, like, you need those teachers. But for this that you don't need, and the school isn't saying, hey, there's all this interest to take this class. Right. We need someone to teach it. That's not what's going on. They're saying, hey, we don't care what your school offers or what the students have said. Take it, hire somebody to write the curriculum, do it. It's so fucking wild how antithetical... When she's a Democrat, never mind. She is a Democrat. ACLU of Florida said... I was really ready to shit all the Republicans, and that would have been (laughs) dishonest of me, and I'm sorry about it. She's a Republican in disguise. The ACLU of Florida says they are keeping an eye on this, because... If it's objective, that's one thing. But what I don't know well, the answer to. How do you prove to, that it's objective? I'm uh, sorry, I'm if yawning. kids, I, I see how my I'm words so affect you. Um, what I don't get is even if they taught it objectively, it's a class required for the Bible. So yeah. it's still a promotion of religion, isn't it? That alone should be it. Now, these bills may go the route that a lot of bills go through, which is, yeah, they'll hear it in some committee and then it'll die because there's not enough support for it. You hope that's the way this goes, but this is part of that Project Blitz thing we talked about before where they just try to ram these pieces of legislation through state governments because some of them are probably going to get through and this is one of the prongs of that approach. So, (sighs) yep. So, wherever you live right now, if your state just convened, like Florida, I think may, or I'm sorry, there's some states that, uh, Tennessee, for example, they don't start officially till like next Saturday. Uh-huh. Illinois started this week, a mm-hmm. couple of days ago, other states this week. Check your state. Check the legislation that's been filed so far. See what's there, because you never know when you're going to see one of these things. Okay, let's go to our friends at Liberty Council. This is Matt Staver. This is the... Lawyer who defended Kim Davis. Uh huh. So there is a bill in Congress, U.S. Congress, that's actually getting support, bipartisan support. Do you know how rare that is? Yeah. Right? What is it? That bill, which I believe is sponsored by the three black senators, which is Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and Tim Scott, the Republican, uh-huh. 100, it passed out like 100 to zero. Mitch McConnell signed it. 
It's a bill that would make lynching a federal crime and all the oh, convictions. I've heard about all this. the convictions that go with it would be raised to like a federal crime, right. which has stricter uh, punishments. So Matt Staver of Liberty Council spoke out against the anti-lynching bill. What which, a brave again, stand he's taking. The strategy behind this is just really this is where you're this is the hill you want to die on. So All right. Dumb. <laughs> his here's the reason that he says, if I may put this in his words, his argument is that the bill that has passed would include not just lynching for racial reasons, uh-huh. which is what we think of, I think, when we think of race, right. or lynching. <laughs> um, it would include violence that's motivated by, quote, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. Those are added on to the current hate crime mm-hmm. uh, bill or something, mm-hmm. like in addition to race and religion. What he's upset about, Staver, is that they're including sexual orientation and gender identity as categories to be protected. Not because, if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here, not because he's saying we should be able to lynch them, but because he's saying if you specially mark that off as a category, they're going to be able to use that and say this is a protected group of people. They need special protections, which again, yeah. And why would that be a problem? That's his problem. He doesn't like that they singled out sexual orientation and gender identity as if these are worthy of protection, as such as religion and race, which are. That's right. his perspective. I don't think I'm stretching what he's saying. Right. But, of course, the headlines are like, evangelicals oppose anti-lynching bill. Right. Which you should have seen coming a mile away. Right, yeah, like, the optics of that are not right. good. And he's been on the defense now, like, well, people are sending me death threats over my anti-lynching bill proposal. <laughs> like, dude, just, death threats not okay, but also you're still a fuck up. Yeah. Um, his exact quotation is, the old saying is, once that camel gets the nose in the tent, you can't stop them from coming the rest of the way in which is a weird metaphor to use. And wait, this, this would be the wait, first time. Stop. Yeah, shut up yeah. again. The old saying As the old is, saying goes. This is his this is like his Trojan horse metaphor. Once the camel gets the nose in the tent, you can't stop them from coming the rest of the way in, which I don't camp, I'm brown, but I don't think camels go in your tent. I don't think there are camels where people t- camp. Yeah. Well, I guess in the U.S. there's no wild camels. He camps right? in the desert, I guess. Wait, I'm gonna look that. Okay, so. once the camel. <laughs> What's weird? Camel's nose quote. Let's see where <laughs> is that that's an actual from. Quote? Yeah, the idiom is an allusion to a story that takes place in Arabia with this metaphor metaphorical moral: if the camel once gets his nose in the tent, his body will soon follow. Huh. Uh huh. So it's real. It is real. Yeah. I've never heard it in my entire life. And well I done, have an entire, entire degree in literature and bullshit. So, Good. like, I don't know <laughs> how I missed that yeah. one. Leave it to an anti-LGBTQ hate group Aren't to that... find a problem with the bill that protects LGBTQ people. Well, yeah, I'm still dwelling on this metaphor. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So, again. Yeah, that the... is such bad optic. Like, guys, what are you doing? You more like besides being morally repugnant, yeah. it's also just dumb. Right. These are the same people who's Liberty Council who said after the Pulse nightclub massacre, oh they said, "Hey, all those first responders better get tested for AIDS." Oh god. That's the good crazy Christian side of things. Like they're not even the ones who said we celebrate dead people. Fuck like, off. They have a history of doing low crappy things and like they found <sighs> oh, a way to bad. get worse. Um, okay, here's on the similar page, because, you know, Pulse Nightclub, there was a guy who celebrated the deaths of, he said, I'm paraphrasing here, he said he was upset that the murderer didn't finish the job. What the actual fuck? Yeah. This was Pastor Donnie Romero of Steadfast Baptist Church in Texas, which is part of the independent, fundamental Baptist, like, we're hardcore Baptists. And therefore, we're the, the, the good ones, and everyone else is sinners, uh-huh. and gay people are really sinners. Um, that's his church. Steven Anderson is a pastor at these churches. We talked about him. There's another guy, Adam Fannin. Um, these are basically anti-LGBTQ hate preachers uh-huh. who go out of their way to just say the worst possible things. Like, they make Westboro Baptist Church look tame. Jesus. 
And this guy, Donnie Romero, literally celebrated the Pulse nightclub massacre because the guy and and expressed his desire that the shooter killed everybody because too many of them like got away. So this guy, horrible, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, last weekend there was turmoil at the church, and then it took a couple days. Now we know what happened. Apparently, he resigned because for one night, he must have gone to a casino. And according to a confession that he made on video, he, uh, I'm paraphrasing again, he gambled. Okay. He smoked pot. And he was with prostitutes. Sex workers. His words, prostitutes. Okay. Sex workers, right. He finally, he admitted all this. I'm going to quote him from a video he made this week. Uh I went to Jacksonville and I went to a casino and I was drinking and there were girls there that were prostitutes and I committed adultery on my wife multiple times. I drank and gambled multiple times and I even smoked weed. I did sins. I went back to sins that I've committed before in the past and it even caused me to commit sins that I had never done before. I will be honest, I think the reason he made this video uh-huh. is because he wanted to make sure everyone knew that these were females. Because oh. there was speculation online, like, it had to be a guy. Because yeah. that's why this is such a thing. Like, again, all these sins, there's no doubt that all these people that go to their church and the leaders of their church are sinners in some way. Right. Um, like, really smoking pot and you're, like, acting like you killed somebody or something? Um, drinking, really? That's your thing? Okay, the affair thing I get. Like, you feel really bad about that. We have some issues to discuss, if that's your thing. But, like, what? Okay, so we did all this. Apparently, everyone finds out about it. He resigns. They replace him with a guy whose only claim to fame is being even worse than this one, because he also gave a sermon about why vaccinations were stupid. Um, But the headlines that I've seen uh, in Texas media and stuff are basically... This hate preacher uh-huh. resigned after committing the sort of sins that he... He's preaching against. Preaching against. Oh, and by the way, he said in that same video, um, you know, we're going to get our life back together, my family and I. Wow. He says, quote, we plan on finding an old IFB-type church, independent fundamentalist Baptist, oh, uh-huh. IFB-type church that we can go to and serve the Lord. You know, I haven't changed anything I believe. I still believe exactly the same. You know, I just went into sin. Which is his way of saying, I still want gay people dead, yeah. but I made mistakes and I need to fix that. But seriously, I still hate gay people. Fuck don't don't guy. shun me. The fucking glaring hypocrisy of these yeah. fucking monsters is oh, frankly here's, exhausting. Here's the quote from Pulse that Romero said. I'll pray that God will finish the job that that man started and he will end their life. And by tomorrow morning, they will all be burning in hell just like the rest of them so that they don't get any more opportunity to go out and hurt little children. Oh, fuck. Clean off, dude. Uh-huh. Fuck that noise. So Absol- that's this guy. No, fuck He wants this your guy. forgiveness for what he has done. Just this bullshit hypocrisy. Like, what the fuck are you doing, I did take dude? some delight in seeing him, like... Fall from grace. Fall from grace. At the same time, so I'm like, it sounds like you just had one wild hangover-type night on the town. Right. I will grant you that if you had this affair or something and that you feel really bad about, yeah. and now you're violating a trust with your wife. Okay, I get that that's a deal, but you could also... Again, if are you telling me that's the worst thing that pastors do all the time? No, right. Catholic Church does way worse. Right. Um, but again, seeing this guy go down. Yeah. No. Ugh. I wish he did something illegal. Right. I want him to go to jail. He's a bad, bad person. Yeah. He's not. He hasn't been charged with anything, by the way, because even if uh, sex workers are illegal, like using them in uh-huh. Florida, he hasn't been charged with anything. And people clearly know that he did it because yeah, he confessed to it. But like, yeah, but I again, think they usually need and more. And that's a separate conversation too. the whole like Whether that shouldn't even should be, be a crime. Right, 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 right. But right, again, right. the point yeah, is n- he says this stuff is a sin and then he does it and he wants forgiveness. Meanwhile, he calls for the death of people that he says commit a different type of sin. That's no, what that, that hypocrisy him. is. What's wrong here? Part about an island. He doesn't belong in society oh, anymore. All right. You want to talk about one more thing that involves LGBTQ people? Because evangelicals were on a roll this weekend. Yeah, this what, week. what happened? So remember this? There was this thing called the Nashville Statement. Uh, this was a thing signed by a whole bunch of evangelical Christian leaders 
last year. Yeah, it was like a ten point list yeah, of yeah, all yeah. the things about gay people and trans people. It said trans people don't exist. Sure. It said you know marriages between one man and one woman. Cool. It's like even now these people haven't figured this stuff out. They're still on the bigotry train, and all these evangelical leaders signed it. Right. Okay, that was a while ago. For the most part, I think most people don't really talk about it now because it hasn't really come up. Uh-huh. It's just one of those like, well, we got your name on a list. You're a horrible person. Right. But this week in the Netherlands, a couple of Dutch pastors translated that document and they posted it on their ministry's website somewhere. Okay. And they said 250 pastors mm-hmm. and church leaders have signed our document. And they basically did a straight-up translation of the American one. Okay. And that was weird, because in the Netherlands, most people are not okay with this stuff. Right. And this and that infuriated a ton of people. Like, how dare you all celebrate this hate? Yeah. Right? But here, here's the good news after all this. And by the way, those were all 250 signatures, all men, all from a handful of churches. Cool. Um, <laughs> And it's just horrible. And no one, it seems like overwhelmingly, even with the media, just backlash left and right. Sure. Um, But here's the fun, fun news in all of this. There is a good side to all this. There is a group, I'm going to mispronounce it, basically humanists in the Netherlands. A humanist group there. They made their own version and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the 10 things on there. They're basically carbon copies of the national statement, but the good twist. Uh-huh. We affirm that men and women are equal. We affirm that people love each other in different ways. They can be attracted to each other physically. All people must be free to be who they want to be. Yay. Number three, we affirm that sexuality must always be a mutually free choice. Consent. Four, we affirm that sexuality contributes to a meaningful, joyful, and beautiful life. Five, we affirm that there are people who want to change gender and we affirm their right to do so. Six, we deny that people should hide or denounce their sexual orientation. Seven, we believe marriage is a choice between free people, straight and gay, who want to enter into a loving and responsible relationship with each other. Eight, we affirm there are kinds of relationships in which people live together and care for each other. Cohabitation, Uh right? Not marriage. Nine, we affirm that love is the most important basis for raising children. Women and Uh, men, regardless of their relationship, are capable of doing so. And 10, we affirm that everyone is free to shape their own lives, and there should be no direct or indirect coercion or exclusion in legislation or in social life. Oh, that's nice. That's their list. That's very nice. That one did not get 250 signatures. That one had 20,000 signatures. (laughs) And it's like the Netherlands. My understanding is they only have like 700 people there. Yeah, there's like, yeah, 45 or so. So amazing. And like a wonderful way to just respond to the hate coming from like those Christians. So anyway, good on them. And I love how they just took that horrible story and turned it into something nice. I left my last story here for you. Uh I ended this one on a good note. Uh I was watching the 700 Club as one does. (laughs) Because you got to (laughs) watch... Because I have kids and I have nothing good in my life. <laughs> I need something to get I'm, my mind off I'm of them. I'm playing this recording for your children no, in 10 years. No, whatever. This will be link rotted out of existence. But I, um, <laughs> but I need to like, okay, Pat Robertson will amuse me because uh-huh. my kids just need milk and like go to sleep now. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, I was watching the Q&A session. They do it at the end of the show. They ask Pat Robertson three questions. And usually one of them's good for like a holy shit. Pat. Uh-huh. So is that where we get all those weird quotes yes, from him? Yes. Okay. They all come from the Q&A portion, almost always. Um, here's the question. Hello, Pat and friends. I was doing my weekly technology checkup on my 13-year-old son's iPad computer. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not even there yet. I know, but yeah. that was just such an old person thing to it say. It really is. Her weekly technology <laughs> checkup on the iPad computer. computer. When I noticed homosexual pornographic material in his search history. Uh Uh-oh. This has greatly shaken my family, my connection to God. How can we stop my son's homosexual interests, Emma? And what did Pat Robertson say? I'm on the edge of my seat. What did Pat Robertson say? What do you think he's going to say? I thought the worst of this. I would say, (laughs) like, I've seen a lot of Pat Robertson's particular brand of horrible. Yeah. So I am guessing that, like, you wouldn't bring this to me if it were just this, but I'm guessing he's, like, 
just remove access to like remove computer privileges and s- probably send that him to like what he said. A pray That's the part gay, of it. pray the gay away. I thought he might take that route. Uh-huh. Uh, certainly cut him off from the right. internet, which is part of what he said. He did not go the pray the gay away route. So, real quick, you said how old is this kid? Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, here's what Pat Robertson said. And keep in mind, Pat Robertson doesn't understand browser histories. Oh, and no. Pat Robertson doesn't understand, like... He doesn't understand iPod sites. computers? <laughs> yeah. So here's the exact quotation. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm so excited. I think... Hey, how can you stop it? I think what you need to do is cut off that particular avenue that's coming into him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because somebody is trying to seduce your son. <gasps> And they shouldn't be sending homosexual or any other kind of sexual material on the internet. It shouldn't be done. I had to make sense of this. Okay, so Kids he... searching for porn on the internet. Pat Robertson took that to mean someone's, like, grooming think, him. Do you think he got, like, internet and email mixed up? <laughs> like, he thinks all internet is, like... Like someone's someone sending has you to links. send you something on the other end. It must have been a hack, and <laughs> someone's trying out to like get you because if you watch oh. the porn, then you'll come to my white van in yeah. the backyard. I don't know. Wow. But that's where he went with it. I'm like, where did you get the guy trying to seduce your son? That is. I don't know where that came from. Extremely but funny. This wing of white conservative evangelicals, they usually equate homosexuality and with, pedophilia. Right. So I'm like, is that where his mind went? That the kid's looking up porn, and so he thinks, well, he's going to get... Somebody's after him? Yeah. Yikes on bikes. My favorite quotation from a commenter, someone's trying to seduce your son, (laughs) check your local pastor. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, at no point here, of course, did Pat Robertson say, you can't stop your son's homosexual interest. That's not how it works. Right. I mean, you're not expecting him to say that, but that's the answer you yeah, do give. God. And also, why are you checking on your 13-year-old's iPad? Like, I don't know. Oh, are you I, supposed I was, to, I don't I was know. wondering about this. I'm like, a 13-year-old who knows how to use an iPad and the mom is checking up on his browser history every week? I mean, part of me think I, I'm very curious. This is one you actually can email uh, me, all, and I want to read this, because I can't to, imagine I would do that, but I also don't have that, a 13-year-old. We need to teach that kid how to use incognito mode, you know? Dude, I wanted to like, say that fucking, to this kid. I mean, Clear I know you're your young. History. Yeah, I know you're young, but right, like... He'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't worry. His whole life is on Pat Robertson's show now. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> on a fucking cross. But like, would, but as a parent, that, am I? Oh, who's checking their kid's browser history? He's a 13-year-old boy. I bet people do I promise that. you there is way worse than gay porn Right, his browser search history. Haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> isn't it, like, doesn't it blow your mind? Like, sometimes I just have to re-remember this sort of fear that the right has stoked in, like, gay men attacking young children and they're so pearl clutchy about it. Mm -hmm. But we have case after case after case after case of religious leaders attacking young children. And I just don't understand how they compartmentalize that that way. Yeah. It, it should also be said, just because he's looking at this stuff doesn't actually mean he's gay either. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you're curious. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is what porn is. Or like, this is what sex is. Like, I don't know any of this. Right. So let me go look it up. And now I'm curious. And I just won't show anybody until my mom Pat tells Pat Robertson what I'm looking oh up online. God. Emma, leave your kid alone. Oh, the cringe. Oh, Pat Robertson. Don't ask an 88-year-old man about your son's browser history. It's not going to end well. That's not great. Um, I'm done. I got nothing else. I feel like I delivered a particularly (laughs) low energy performance tonight. It's okay. I'm going to try to not be sick. Okay. And then we'll come back. And my co- I told you my coaching season kicks into high gear now for right. like a month and a half. Right. So I'm slowly going insane in a good way because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. And the kids need attention yeah. and told. And they'll get you sick and it'll be great. Kids. Oh, it's daycare kids. It's I not blame your students. the other ones. The dirty ones? Certain ones. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Do you have like suspicions? I know what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> I know which ones cough when I walk in to pick up my kid. <laughs> oh, God. Do you have anything good going on this weekend um, besides speech? Or is that just... We took like a month and a half off, basically, uh-huh. from speech. And so now we're back in 
hardcore competitive mode. Nice. And like for anyone who does forensic stuff, like this is the exciting part where it's the gearing up for the postseason uh-huh. and it's super competitive. So it's fun. Cool. So we start back up tomorrow and yeah, I'm excited about that. That's basically all that's in my life for the next month and a half. Dope. Yeah. I'm going to um, a Haunted Chicago tour tomorrow. Oh, really? It was, like a walking tour? Uh, it's actually a bus tour. I was going to ask. It's very cold outside. Because I've done a walking... It, it wasn't a haunted tour. It was like a notable deaths in Chicago. I have a macabre nice. sensibility about me. I did one of me. those in a, a long time ago. Oh, you know, if there is a haunted ex, <laughs> I am, if I'm going to a city and they yes. have any kind of and haunted And Chicago's tour, a good one to have that Chicago's in. Chicago's yeah. a very good one. Everyone so gets I think, murdered here, I'm told. Yeah, no, there's some big name murders. I think we'll probably go by like the John Wayne Gacy house and shit oh, like I that. Oh, I thought you were going to go like Al Capone route because that's what... No, 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 no. I'm not so much into gangsters as much as like... Okay. Stri- oh, I went the to creepy the... creepy serial killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, went, I went to the museum of death in LA. <laughs> I didn't even know that it was a thing. Uh-huh. I've been to both of them now. I went to the one. In, wait, have I told you this story? I was in New Orleans. I'll, I'll just end it on this. I um, I was in New Orleans, New Orleans a couple years ago uh, for a friend's bachelorette party. Yeah. And it was one of those, like, I was obviously very close to the bride, but like all of the women were sort of from disparate parts of her life. So I yeah. didn't really know anybody else that well. And one day we were walking around um, the city and we just had some time to kill. We were just kind of wandering and we go past like this giant sign that says museum of death. And I was <laughs> like, um, anyone want to do this with me? And they're all like, no, a it's sixteen dollars. <laughs> B no, that's fucking weird. And I was like, yeah. all right, see you never. Oh, like <laughs> I'll catch up with you in two hours when I'm done looking at weird corpses. What anyway, did you find in the museum of death, like how they died. Um, it's all sorts of things. So there's like serial serial killer memorabilia. So there's like, uh paintings by like John Wayne Gacy who was a kind of prolific painter when he was in college there's correspondences so I was reading like it was so eerie uh you read like Jeffrey Dahmer's had like a pen pal and <laughs> this pen pal just gave them all of his all of his correspondences and the it was just it's just so wild how mundane it is because yeah. it's just like oh this is what's going on I heard there's flooding we didn't get any flooding and then it was obviously like back and forth because at the end <laughs> letter Jeffrey Dahmer was like yeah I don't think there's much point in me going back to get my bachelor's I'm probably not gonna be alive in two or three years (laughs) which is so there's that there's like uh like old torture methods old like um medical um things that people did like um the thing where you drill a hole in your head trepanation trepanation thank you so they have those things they have um death masks of people it's very morbid. It was. Yeah, it was can, cool. I'm with your friends on this one. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely <laughs> not for everyone. It was. It's just a thing that that uh, that interests me for nice. for reasons that just I'll have to talk to my therapist about. I guess. <laughs> um, cool. Right. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at blueberry b l u e b u r i e. I'm at Heaven Meta. Um, message us. Tell yeah, me if it, you're stalking your kids' browser history. Oh at yeah, 13. I do want to hear or about that. Or what age does that get weird at? Like, what age do you respect their private? I mean, I guess privacy is. I don't know. I, I'd be right. curious to hear that because I don't right. have kids. Um, email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns that you want us to address on air. Friendly Atheist Podcast at Gmail, patreoncom Podcast If you'd like to donate and access. My interviews that will be yes. out this week. We will get those episodes, bonus episodes up, but only to Patreon subscribers. It's just a dollar. Yeah. What are you doing with that dollar? Nothing. All right. I then. need that dollar. Yes. For interviews. Yes. How does you, capitalism work? That's what you give to the people <laughs> when you interview them. One dollar a per person. Yes. Uh, okay, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.